We are live in three, two, one. Cool, welcome to the Best Day Kitchen, huh? All right, good. To all these out there and all of you here in the studio audience, um, we are heading into episode six of baking up an incredible chocolate cake and baking up a better bitter-free life, a better bitter-free existence, a better bitter-free story. And, you know, the whole series is really a shameless ploy of learning how to make an incredible chocolate cake and at the same time really leaning in to make it so that we can conquer bitterness that exists, maybe face bitterness that comes or prevent bitterness from getting a root in our lives and ruining our story entirely. So in this episode, I know it seems like one of my neighbors have been inviting to come. It's like seven weeks just to make a cake. Well, we thought we could extend it. We could talk about how to put sprinkles on and bake little roses and everything else. But we're not going to. This is episode six in this season. And uh, we have one more, which is next week. And speaking of next week, let me just invite you and remind you that out there in the foyer of the studio here, we are going to have the great cake bake off, right? And so this is the way it works. Anybody can enter, and the prize is this incredible, was brand new before we started, KitchenAid mixer, but it's got some, you know, wear on it, and all your friends and from the studio and from the show. But whether you're out there or whether you're in here, if you bring a cake next week, okay, so but you want to know how to win, right? So it's like, what do I do to get a, a step up? Number one, you find a guy named John McCullen who wins every time, and you beat him up in the parking lot, okay? <laughs> Two... Jamie Lewis, our drummer, worship leader, everything, right? Just incredible. Uh, she is a professional baker, so you find her and beat her up in the parking lot. Then you all have a chance. Now, here's what we're going to do. So everything's going to be judged based on what we call perfect sweetness. So not too sweet, not too uh -uh, unsweet. Um, we're going to be talking about the lightness because one of the things with this recipe is that secret ingredient of a cup of boiling water that makes us a super light, super light cake. So we're gonna be judging based on that. Best presentation, just like, you know, it looks good, you know? Like you, you put it on the back of a truck and pull it in, whatever. Best presentation overall, but then whether it fits the theme of living a what? Better, bitter, free life, okay? And then we'll add some community votes in there. We'll have a couple judges who are going to uh, help take care of that. I told Jamie, uh, since she is part of the studio staff, that she has to make a cake, mainly because Jamie knows how to make crazy cakes. I told her the kind of thing that I expected from her, and then I told her she'd be a judge, so Jamie can't win. Got it? Good. All right, so we all have a chance. That's next week. If you, if you want to just tell us that you're going to be doing this so we have enough space for your cake um, and are, know ahead of time you can see anybody with a Here to Help shirt on, just tell them. They'll write down your name, and they'll pass it on. Then if you just decide on Friday you want to be, want in because you want this mixer, you just want to have fun. Great part is, studio audience, anybody who's here, if you guys are here, we get to eat tons of cake. So that's awesome, right? That is great. He gives us chocolate cake, right? Good. All right. So um, I need two volunteers here just a second to come for the audience. Um, I have one of them pre-selected. Oh, oh, and I have one who just raised their hand. I'm going to change my plan. It's awesome. I'm going to change my plan. So, uh, Jamie, if you and Deneen can uh, make your way kind of up here in stage crew, if you can get them in aprons so they don't get ruined. We're going to talk about frosting the cake. Now, the, the cake's been our illustration now for, what, two weeks, right? The cake's been our illustration for, like, two weeks now. 
And we took all these bitter ingredients and these crazy ingredients, and what we did is we put them together, and we found that when we put them together, it makes this beautiful, we've already had this, we had cake communion, we've done everything with this cake. It's great stuff, but it doesn't seem intuitive at all. Okay, so yeah, one of you here and one of you there. Good, flank. All right, good, good, you ready? I can't believe you raised your hand. All right, good. No, I know, this is awesome, it's awesome. Before I could even tell Joe he had to compete with Jamie, now you get to compete with Jamie. All right, good. So listen, so we take a wide variety of ingredients, we put them together, they don't seem to make sense, and we end up with this cake. But today what we want to do is add the finishing touch to this already incredible cake. Just stuff. So let's just go over the ingredients, they'll kick on the cam, you can see it. Um, You need uh, a stick of butter, and you need it melted. Now, magically, ours has been pre-melted for us by the studio. Two-thirds a cup of cocoa, three cups of castor sugar, if you don't know what that is, uh, powdered sugar, confectioner's sugar, all those will work, Uh, a third a cup of milk, and a teaspoon of vanilla. Now, when I look at this, I said to the studio uh, guys, the guys and gals who prepare all this, okay, I know I've done this, and we've made this cake a bunch, but would you agree that it does not look like enough fluid to turn that into anything? Oh, she wouldn't agree. Okay, good. She doesn't agree. And I know you don't agree because you bake. But for us commoners, this doesn't look right, right? Okay, so we're going to take the pros, and we're going to let them just go ahead and get ready. So we're going to dump the butter in. And according to our recipe, what's the next thing, James? I think we're going to put the cocoa in, right? Okay, cocoa. Good? It's all pre-measured. You're good. It's all right. This kitchen's a mess. We cleaned the kitchen last week. All right, we're good. All right, good. Are you good? All right, she's good. All right, if you can give that a stir, that'd be great. And then what we're gonna do in order to make frosting is we're going to not just dump all the powdered sugar in at once because it's gonna turn into a mess. We're gonna add a little milk, a little powdered sugar, a little milk, a little powdered sugar, and we're gonna end up with frosting. You want me to start? Yeah, that'd be great. You wanna do it? Okay, well here, let's get you these ingredients. Awesome, I'll grab a rag. Well, I don't have a rag, so we're not gonna use it. Huh? You can use any utensil in the kitchen you would like as long as you turn that into frosting in, you know, the shortest time possible. Got it? Good. Okay. So we're ma- Is she doing it right? Do you feel comfortable? Do you think you're going to win? I don't know. You have no idea. Great. I've chosen one really competitive person and one introvert. So this is going to go great, right? All right. So as she makes the frosting, I kind of want to just remind us what we've learned along the way in the series so far, right? So we're five episodes in. In the first episode, we learned that we should what? Trust God to make bitter better. In other words, he can take anything if we walk with him, if we love him, if we rely on him. He can take anything with his peace, his grace, and his love, and he can turn it into something better instead of bitter. So that was week one. Week two, um, we learned some methods about preventing bitterness, becoming bitter-proof in life. And that's this, be kind, love, and forgive, even towards the people who create the bitterness. Like just practice kindness, practice unconditional love, practice what? The ability to forgive. Even if they don't ask for it, you can say what? You don't owe me anything. And you'll find yourself being set free. How's it going? Good? That's it? That's it. Man, that's magic. Okay, good. So in, in week three, we talked about being ready to reconcile. So the idea here is this, is that like, we're trying to hope for what's best, right? We find ourselves bitter-free by the first two weeks, and then we're hoping that Keith like, works his stuff out and he wants to reconcile. 
Well, I need to be ready for him to come back, right? Yeah? Okay. And if he comes back, then what do I do? I go, oh, that's really great. Thanks for saying you're sorry. You need to go in another church. Thanks for saying you're sorry. You got to move out of the house. Thanks for saying you're sorry. What are you going to do? Your wife, yeah, get out of here. I'm glad you said you're sorry, but go. You can't. The idea is that we really need to go one step beyond that and not just be ready to reconcile, but we need to be ready to extend fellowship, which is within safe boundaries. Let's just be honest. Some of the bitter things in our lives have permanent consequences and boundaries, but 90% of them, we can be ready to reconcile and we can truly extend fellowship. In other words, reunite. So uh, if you're here for the first week, if you're in the studio audience for the first time, if you're watching, there are five previous episodes. You can catch them all at thebestdaykitchen.org. Yes, you should add that vanilla. I love it. You two are on autopilot. Here's the notes. You ready? I'll just leave. No. Okay, good. Okay, good. All right. So we good? Think it's mixed? What do you think? They're going to be tasting it afterwards. Okay. You like it? All right. If you'd lift that up and then... um, we have a bowl here we can split it into, and then I'm gonna, we're going to let you and Jamie just go ahead and frost while we take a look at, um, while we take a look at what Paul kind of has to say about us yeah, living Paul's, bitter free. So let me ask this question. Right here, here's a bowl. You split, split it. it. Yeah, see, half of that shears, half of it's oh, yours. Yeah, see, there's two cakes. Here, look. One, two, one, two. <laughs> Jamie, you get your favorite stuff. Look, she stole her favorite implements already. Oh, that's it. Here, we'll give you this to frost the cake with. Let's see if you can. Okay, no. All right, good. So um, I want to ask you a question kind of as we move on. And that's this. What is cake without frosting? It's, it's just cake, right? It's still good. Like, we haven't had this cake frosted, but you guys have had, in the studio honest, you guys have tasted this. It's good cake, isn't it? I mean, it's a great cake, but it's not what? It's not as good as it can be. Frosting's is that kind of finishing touch that you put on a cake. And so we're going to talk about in our spiritual lives that idea of what's the finishing touch that we put on our lives. Good? Oh, yeah, you need to, because at the end, we're giving it away. So, yeah, um, you have your other layers are behind you guys. Okay? Good to go? All right. You know, I'm diabetic, and I can't eat this cake. There's two things I miss in the last 17 years of living a sugar-free life. Do you want to know what they are? Krispy Kreme hot donuts with the flashing sign and chocolate cake. This is killing me. Absolutely killing me. Cake without frosting is just not, it's just one more step, right? And I like my cake with frosting where you let it sit out for like a day and it gets that little crunchy, you know, to the, and it's all soft and squishy inside. Well, when, looks, when we try to live a, a bitter-free life, a life that's not prone to bitterness, that's protected from bitterness, or that resolves bitterness, there's a finishing touch in that as well. And so we're going to take a look at a couple of scriptures, and I want to see if you guys can find out, see if you can see what Paul's encouragement to us is and to Philemon is to live a better, bitter-free life. Here's what he writes in, in some of the last lines of his letter to Philemon. By the way, if you're just joining us, Philemon had a guy who worked for him named Onesimus who just did him totally wrong and ran off. He met Paul, who was an incredible Christian. Paul led him to Christ. Paul's like a spiritual godfather. He's sending Onesimus, the guy who ran away, back to Philemon. And what Paul's saying to Philemon is this. You could let this be bitter and destroy the church and destroy your community and destroy you and your heart, or you could what? Become better, not bitter. 
okay? And so let's see if we can see what the finishing touch he recommends it is. Because you guys can slow down. Like, there's no rush. Here, like, it's just it's speedy. I need it, this. You need this? No, I need the spatula inside. I'm Here. That yeah, no problem. Okay, cool. So there's the verse. Here's what he writes. My brother, yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. So this is Paul writing to Philemon. Give me this encouragement. So do this for me. Give me this encouragement in Christ. Not just you, but give me this encouragement. Show me Jesus in your life. I'm confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. So what's Paul saying? As he's wrapping up all these instructions to Philemon about avoiding bitterness and fixing he's saying this, don't just use the ingredients, you know, a relationship with God and grace and peace. Don't just use the methods, right, of being kind, loving, and forgiving. Don't just be ready to facilitate reconciliation or to extend fellowship. Don't just do that, but do what? Do one more thing. Don't just clean up your own messes. Don't just be there. Don't just hope for them, but do one more thing. Get to go the extra mile. Now, it's really interesting because kind of the icing on a cake is like that extra mile, right? It's that one finishing touch, I think, that just takes it over the top. And when, when I'm just reading this letter and you look at this letter, again and again, Paul's urging Philemon to go above and beyond. That one extra thing, that one more thing. So in my Christian life, what I refer to this is, is the miracle mile. I refer to this as the miracle mile because Jesus taught about this. Paul taught about it. James taught about it. John taught about it. And they all said the same thing. Here's one of the places where Jesus said it. I love this. He said, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them. How many? Two. Now, what he was talking about in the culture of that day was they lived in a Roman society and Roman soldiers were spoiled and haughty and they thought they were better than the commoners. So a soldier could look at you and go, carry my pack. But so that they didn't oppress you, Roman law said that they could only demand that you carry the pack. How far? One mile. And what Jesus did, he looked at his followers and he said, let's show them love. When they say to you, carry my pack one mile, say, I'll carry it too. When you get to the end of the mile, they say, no, you can't carry anymore. Look at them and go, I want to. Let me carry it for you. What? The miracle mile. This is the mile that shows how different our hearts are. This is the mile that serves people, that shows them exactly what Christ did, which is go the extra mile. Another place where Jesus talked about this was when he was talking about all the religious righteous people. And, and he gave them a lot of trouble. But there were times when he said, you know, you're righteous. You're, you're teaching the law. You're righteous people. But, but then he throws twists in. I like this one. He said this. He's looking at all the disciples and he's looking at the Pharisees and he says this to them. I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, these religious guys, and the teachers of the law, these religious guys who are trying to keep all the rules, unless your righteousness surpasses that, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Are you guys done? Hers is a lot neater than mine. Hers is neater than yours? It's the cake's fault. Okay. Hey guys, those look really good. Did you taste the frosting? Yes. Is it good? Yeah. Did you taste the frosting? Why not? 
Do you not trust her mixing? No, I do. She doesn't. I'm just trying to create a little division up here. I want them to be able to practice the whole bitterness thing. Look at her hands. Okay, yes. Look at mine. Well, I just want you to know that if I was baking, I would be in this camp. And if Amber was baking, she would be in this camp, right? You got it. Guys, give them a round of applause. These look great. Thanks. All right, cool. Um, This idea that Jesus is trying to get across is, is he's saying this, these guys are so religious, but their religious behavior and their righteousness is not enough. You gotta be even more righteous than them. In other words, what? You gotta go beyond the law. You've gotta go beyond living it. It's become something you are. And of course, Jesus goes on to tell us how to do that, which is what? To have a relationship with him. He tells us we can never be righteous enough, and, he, and, and even if we are more righteous than them, we still might not get in the kingdom of heaven. But there is a way to become truly righteous, and that's through him. So the wonderful thing about Jesus is that Jesus not only told us to go the extra mile, he did. He gave his life. You know, he, he came here, he lived. He told us how to get back to God. He gave his life for forgiveness. And when he rose from the grave, he, he bought our freedom. He, he, the fancy term is he's imputed his righteousness. In other words, he's perfect. He's right before God. And he shares that with us. So we have this context, not only of a Roman soldier who, who says, carry the pack, and we go the extra mile, right, instead of becoming bitter. And we have this idea that Jesus is saying, you know, go the extra mile. You gotta get beyond acting it out. You need to be righteous. You need to be that are free. He taught that there was something more. James taught the same truth in a classic verse where he said this, you show me your faith, what? Without your works, and I'll show you my faith, what? By my works or with my works. He wasn't saying that you do good stuff so you get into heaven. He was just saying if you're getting into heaven, you'll do good stuff. There's no way to be filled with love and not do good stuff. And what's he saying? Go the what? Extra mile. Feed the people who are hungry. Clothe the people who are. Don't just say be warm, be filled, write a check. Get involved in their lives. Go the extra mile. John taught this. Paul taught this. And like we've already said, Jesus was the master of this, right? Jesus went the extra mile coming out of heaven. Jesus went the extra mile giving his life. Jesus went the extra mile providing us forgiveness. Jesus went the extra mile preparing so that we could all become followers and disciples. Jesus went the extra mile. And I would put it this way. The extra mile separates the men from the boys in Christianity. The extra mile separates the women from the girls in Christianity. The extra mile separates the warriors in Christ from the weak. It's that extra mile, it's that ability to just go one step further, but not because we have to, because we get to. Do you see, it's our great privilege to live a better free life. It is our great privilege to bring a bitter free existence into the people all around us. It is our great privilege to carry hope and forgiveness and love and kindness and grace and peace and news of a savior who loves them to the people who are bitter, to the very people who create bitterness for us. It is not our duty, it is way beyond that. The extra mile, it is our what? It is our privilege. It is Doug's privilege to extend grace to hurt, 
It is Doug's privilege to prepare in advance to reconcile with the person who's abandoned me. It is my privilege, your privilege, to be prepared and to choose to be ready to extend fellowship to the very people that may have abandoned us along the way. This is what Christ did. When we were yet sinners, he what? Loved us. He forgave us and he made a way. So in this extra mile, we're going that extra step to prepare the way what? Home for people. Now, whether they choose to come home or not, that is not us. That's not on us. We've taken the first five steps and made sure we're bitter free and we're headed towards better. And now we're going that extra mile. We've embraced that relationship. We have the grace. We have the peace. We've practiced this and practiced this and practiced this. Paul, when he writes in a letter, says it this way, quotes this. If your enemy is hungry, he's quoting from Proverbs, give him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will be what? Heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. So what are the steps? The steps are what? To love your enemy in action, to provide for their needs, to show them all that they can have in life. Now, many of you guys have heard this whole going the extra mile, right? Carrying the pack twice as far, right? Giving your enemy bread, giving your enemy what? It says what? Heap coals on head. Most of you have been in every other church, right? And you've heard the message, right? You pour that love on them and it just burned them up. Did it just get under their saddle or just drive them crazy? You just drive them crazy with love, right? You've heard that? So I just want to tell you, you've been told wrong. If you read this in context, Paul is not pushing and Proverbs is not pushing us to torture somebody. We've already learned that, right? That's not what we're supposed to do. In fact, when Paul puts this and writes this in rub, what's he saying? He says, do as much as you can to live at peace with each other. And then he says what? Love your enemies. It is not a loving thing to want to torture somebody. Kill them with kindness, right? Now, there's a positive light where you could say kill them with kindness. I'm going to love them, love, love until they cave. But that's not usually the way that this is brought out. But when you look at it in context, it can't be a negative comment, right? Because it's in the context of telling us to do positive things, to be ready to reconcile, to be ready to save the world. So this cool thing that I learned a while ago, if you actually look Paul's writing where he quotes Proverbs, you go back to Proverbs and you look at the history of the day, this is the history of the day. You ready? If your enemy was cold, you gave them fire. The way they did this was this. If somebody didn't have fire, because fire went out, right? We didn't just have matches, fire went out. So if I was cold, you would give me what? A jar of coals, a, a thing of coals. And I would what? Carry it on my head. That's the word picture. When you're putting coals on their head, you're giving them fuel. You're giving them fire. You're giving them the ability to cook. You're giving them the ability to stay warm. Do you see how it goes together now? If they're hungry, give them food. If they're thirsty, give them water. If they're cold, give them Paul's coming back and he's drawing back this picture. What he's saying is that was Old Testament law 
that even your enemy deserved heat and fire. So you were commanded to give them coals. And so here Paul's drawing this picture in as he's talking to a lot of Hebrews and Gentiles, and he's saying what? Take care of your enemy's needs. Why? To torture them? No. To show them what? Love. Now what Christ did for all of us. So what's the icing on the cake when it comes to the people who make our lives mm, better? When they give us the opportunity to be so bitter, oh yeah, we gotta dig in and, and dig in our own grace and peace and God so we can live a bitter free life. But even once we get there, the extra mile is what? Giving them what they need. I love it. There's another verse I think is so misunderstood. In fact, I said I think. We never say that from the stage. I'm darn sure. When it says that if somebody sins, then you should go tell them they're wrong. And if they don't figure it out, then you need to take somebody else who saw it and go, hey, look, they saw it too. Like, you need to fix this, right? We need to fix this. You need to fix this. You need to fix it for you. And they refuse. Then it says, take them before the church. Well, that's, that's tough. Now, by the way, most of our bitter people, that would never happen because most bitter people, people create bitterness for us, what, aren't even believers. But if they were in the church, you take them to church. And it's as if they still won't fix it, do what? Throw them out. Right? Excommunicate them, right? How many people think I'm asking a trick question right now? You've been in this studio before. No, excommunication is just a stupid wrong thing. There is one verse that talks about a really rebellious leader and there's like, God, get out of here. You can't keep sleeping with our women. But no, what it says is what? If they don't get it right, treat them like an unbeliever. How do you treat an unbeliever? Nice. Because unbelievers don't know what they don't know. So you share what with them? The good news of Christ and love and grace and peace. Oh, wait, you give them food if they're hungry. You give them water if they're thirsty and you give them warmth when they need it. What's the extra mile? The icing on the cake is loving them in action, providing for what they need. So as we go get close to the end of this season, it's just a really important time. And if you're a guest in the studio audience, just be a guest or get involved however you want. But if you're part of the regular studio audience here, I want to invite you to make a point and make a decision. To decide today whether you're going to be a miracle mile person. A man or a boy, a woman, a girl, a warrior or weak. To take that gamble with God. To have faith in God and his ways and his instructions and to become a go-the-extra-mile kind of guy or gal. Willing to love the unlovable. Willing to reach what seems to be the unreachable. Will you do that? And if you want to be that person, I invite you this morning to stand just in the studio where you are, and let's pray together. Father, on behalf of all the folks here who are standing, we ask for your grace and your peace. We're leaning on our relationship with you, God, because we know we could do this on our own just trying to be showy, but we will never, ever, 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 ever be really great 
at loving the unlovable, reaching the unreachable, going the extra mile without you. It would just be fake and phony because we as humans without you are selfish, protective, feel like we have rights. And this requires letting go of all of that, Father. So we ask for your grace, your peace. We ask you to lean in on a relationship with us to remind us to be kind, loving, forgiving. But God, we just, we, I guess we, we're asking for a miracle as we take a step in faith to be miracle mile people. People who do one thing more. Waiting for one more miracle. Hoping, Father. And all the time fighting bitterness, trying to prevent future bitterness, and finding freedom. Uh, we are humble. Gosh, Father, we've made so many messes of our own. And throughout this whole season, we've been trying to work on cleaning those up. And so as we just stop in the kitchen and pray, we recognize you as the master chef with the right ingredients, the right recipe, and we put our faith in you. Father, show us people who need the Miracle Mile this week. And let us begin a new journey towards a better, better free life. Bless your name, Father. Amen. All right, so we're wrapping up. You guys are, all, what? You're invited to what? Take part in the great cake competition and win this incredible mixer. Um, at even more, share cake with us. I have one question for the studio audience. The first person to raise their hand and get it right wins this incredibly, I guess, Deneen, you said that this one is prettier. Yeah, but, but in, the, in, in the idea of Raiders of the Lost Ark, in the idea of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the idea of clay pots versus fancy pots, we're going to give this one away. Because that would be what God would do, right? And so whoever can answer this question first gets it. I want you to tell me all five episodes up to today what the catchphrase was. Can anybody do it? Okay, bake up a better, bitter, free life. That's the big encapsulated. What else? Can anybody do week one? Two, three, four, huh? What? Trust God to make, what? To use bitter for better. Okay, we're gonna do this. You guys, you have six recipe cards. By the way, somebody was like, how are we supposed to bake the cake? We don't have the recipe. If you are here... All six weeks, you have the recipe. You just have to piece it together. But knowing that some people are guests and some people need a little help, all six recipe cards can be found in the foyer. So they're in. They're out in the studio foyer. You can get all six cards. That's where you get the recipe to make your cake. Since nobody has the courage to stand up and say, why are you laughing? No one has the courage to stand up and take a shot at all six? No one? Okay, Kendra's gonna go. I was just gonna put the cake in the foyer and go, hey, we're all in this together, but go. Can, can you come up here? All six, you got it. Huh? Well, I said it first. <laughs> there you go, all right. Good, good, good. You're going to have to talk loud because I, I don't, we don't have our mic out. Go. Okay. Trust God to use bitter for better. We got it. Woo! One, two, 
three choices, three actions. Okay. And they are? Be kind. Be kind, love, love and, and forgive. forgive. There we go. Good. Yes. Not, not like a choice for like the patriots over there, somebody. Okay, yes. good. All right. Reconciliation is the rule. That's... Know that bitter will come. Love because you have been loved. Forgive because you have been forgiven. <laughs> Fellowship is the action of reconciliation. Okay? Embrace grace. Be ready to reconcile. Extend fellowship. All right. Good. You may think she's cheating. Here's a tip. Notes aren't cheating. That's how you get A's. All right, go. Okay. Become better, not bitter. Clean your kitchen. Accept what has happened. Put the matter to bed. Uh-oh. It's good. Be humble. Remember how God cleaned you up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Be humble. <laughs> Remember how God cleaned you up. And what'd you say? Uh-huh. <laughs> In no way is Dwayne and Jesse's daughter at all. <laughs> all right, good. <laughs> Check your own cleanliness. Sweep around your own front door. Okay? There you go. All right. And then the last one, go the extra mile. It just might save you both. Yeah, that's it. That's it. The extra mile. It's awesome. There you go. Hey, take your cake. There you go. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Going the extra mile. Going the extra mile is the only way we're going to save the world. Can I get a hearty studio amen on that one? Let's be Christ to the world this week.